and welcome everyone to episode 77 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Travis, and way out there in Albuquerque is Alex. And Alex, man, I gotta say, we have to talk about Elden Ring for a little bit today. Not because I know anything about it or want to play it, but it's going to help out our SEO because that's a hot topic. Elden Ring, is that like a left tackle for uh, LSU? Oh man, you stole my joke. My joke was, it was uh, yeah, I, I made a tweet today that was like, Elden Ring oh, sounds I like a, an early round draft pick by the 76ers that didn't pan out. <laughs> 76ers. <laughs> I, can, I, I went football because I can totally hear Pat Summerall saying, Elden Ring. <laughs> I'm, we went the same way, though. Of course we would. Yeah, of course yes. we would. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's like a weird mix of like Elgin Baylor and, and Greg Oden, <laughs> Elden Ring. Like it kind of fits in that. In that genre of, of uh, sports name, I like that you went seventy sixers. He does like he does sound like a seventy sixers from like nineteen eighty one or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was real tall, not talented. He, he was just drafted because he was a mountain of a man, no skill. That's <laughs> He's got like were. huge shoulders and like Mark Eaton, and he can like block shots, and that's that's all he does. He averages like one point six points a game. Averages more yeah. blocks than points per game. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, man. But uh, well, we did mention Elden Ring, so therefore it can go into the tags, be a keyword, and that'll help out our SEO. <laughs> are you getting so it, it or no? Or are you are you no, like excited just, about it? I'm I'm just not that kind of gamer, at least yet. I have aspirations of being good at video games, but I am <laughs> not on From Software level just yet. See, yeah, I have different priorities when it comes to games that I want to get good at. Uh, I want to get good at like shoot 'em ups and you know bullet hell right. and and stuff like that. Uh, I've always wanted to be good at those games, so that's always been a goal of mine. Uh, I've gotten uh, I've I managed to beat Gradius three somehow. I don't know how. Wow! I'm never going back that's to that game. Really incredible. Ever uh, on normal difficulty, not on hard. And I died a million times. But uh, Axelay is my favorite. Um, also, Space Megaforce. Uh, some of the TG-16 games like Blazing Lasers and Star Soldier, those are great. Uh, of course, the Genesis has like a million great games, mm-hmm. too. I'm rambling. But uh, yeah, uh, I want to get good at those games uh, before I, you know, I, I once the Dark Souls type games get uh, retro, then I'm sure, you know, in in the year 2042, then, you know, I'll I'll probably decide it's time to visit them at that time. Right, we'll have them on. Uh, that'll be part of the Steam Drunk series that's still going. And, <laughs> At, yeah, hopefully like, Sony hasn't completely uh, scrubbed all traces of their online stuff yeah. at that point, and we can still have physical media and uh, still have a way to play this stuff. That would be nice. That's, yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Hey, speaking of physical media, mm-hmm. uh, we both well. Mine more than yours. Yours is more about improvement patches. But I did a video on uh, Kid Nicky, Radical Ninja. No, no, no. You're not saying it right. Radical. Radical Ninja. Radical Ninja. You got to say it in that auto auto voice. Like auto. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Auto, like the bus driver, tuned voice. Yeah. Auto tuned. Auto tuned. Yeah. Very. Oh, goddamn. That was so clever. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, Kid Nicky. Radical. You're doing the Barry Horowitz patting yourself on the back right now. I mean, come on. Uh, No, you. I thought you did it. I I was patting you on the back. No. Uh, But yeah, so I, I made. The Kid Nicky video just by itself, just regular old NES, homegrown, 
American Kid Nikki. And when I was getting ready to render that video, I just happened to glance at the Wikipedia article and it was like, also had two sequels on the Famicom. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. So then I had to uh, go look at those. And I'm glad I did because they're, they're cool. They're way better than the original yeah, yeah. that we got. And uh, they're a lot of fun. So it was cool to discover that. There's a Game Boy game too. You, you forgot you forgot to mention that, by the way. Man, no, and you know what? No one commented that uh, it, with a tone like that at me today. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. You're the first one. That's good. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Kid Nicky on NES, and it looks pretty freaking average and underwhelming. <laughs> Uh, Pretty much. But I have played the second one. It was in one of my videos. I was like, hey, wait, this looks familiar. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I think it was was in the... uh, uh, I did an English-friendly Famicom video. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, (laughs) that's definitely one of them. That one and the sequel. I mean, who cares about the story in a game like that? So, I mean, it's all just platforming. Does not matter. But, um, yeah, the um, second game is much... I mean... I, I can't say it's much better than the first because I don't have that much experience, but it was uh, it was a solid playthrough. Um, I did not realize though through your video that you can like change into animals and stuff. Like, right. I, I I didn't even know that. Like that's you, you, you're 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 a bird. You're uh, what else are you? You're like some sort you get a little frog action. Yeah. You can oh, be the frog. I love the frog. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing about that uh, that was confusing. That would be the only time that I thought that uh, being able to to read kanji would be a good idea because I could never remember which one was the bird or the frog. And it's not like infinite uses. You get the magic bag and you're like, all right, I need to switch to a bird. And then it was like, all right, which one was the fucking bird? Oh man, oh man. And then, oh damn, I'm the elephant. <laughs> now I got to go die and do this over again so that I can be the bird. Actually, Trav, I, I'm not sure that's kanji. I believe that would be hiragana. Oh. Okay, I th- learned something new every day. I from- think I think kanji is like way more detailed and it's more logographic, you know, like it's it oh. it's more efficient in its, you know, it crams everything into a, a smaller space whereas uh hiragana is I I I just learned this not too long ago too. So, uh hiragana is uh I don't know how to say it. It's just more of a phonetic type type of deal. I guess, uh, whereas uh, kanji is more of a written thing. Right. So, And then there's katakana, which I, I don't even know what that is. I don't is. even know what that is, yeah. I'm just hanging in. I'm just barely treading water on this stuff. I'm just hanging I, in. I, I, I will say I compliment your Japanese uh, saying those titles. Uh, I know I've been there. It, it's not easy. It's rough. And you did a good job. So good job by you. I appreciate that. I will say, though, not a day goes by that I don't get a comment on an old video about how bad I was. <laughs> and I'm sure you you probably experienced the same. But oh, I get it on best. I don't get it on Japanese. I get it on English words. Like, <laughs> that's not how you pronounce redox. <laughs> and I'm like, shut uh, up. Like, nobody cares. You know what I mean. The man. word is on the screen. It's the most useless right? correction ever. I appreciate when people are being helpful, but I can always tell when there's a tone. Yeah. You know, when someone's like, what are you talking about? Blah, blah. It's like, it's actually like that. Like, I can fucking tell you. Actually. When, when, once the word yeah. actually gets in there, it's like, is this worth it? And the answer is almost always no. Almost always. But hey, that's Kid Nicky Radical Ninja for you. But yeah, but man, I, I wanted to mention real quick. I, I just oh. added uh, the third game to my... Uh, uh, 
ever-changing list for the second video that I want to make for English-friendly Famicom games. So uh, I'm going to be diving into that uh, probably in like 2024 or something like that. But uh, (laughs) hopefully sometime soon I'm going to start playing that. That one looks cool, too, uh, because it's got a... Uh, I saw some of the bo- the boss fights in that. They they have a big time Mega Man vibe, which I did. Yeah, yeah. It was it was heavily influenced by Mega Man, and I can't remember if that's the one or maybe it was the second one. One of them has just some overt product placement, like this clearly. Oh, the a Hershey bars, fries, and the Hershey bars. That might be the second one. Yeah. Um, the third one is it's polished, feels good. You don't have the the same weapon anymore it's almost like a different game like they couldn't figure out what to name this new game they made and they're like you know we could just make it another kid nikki sequel if you want to they're like yeah sure just tack that on there that's fine that sounds good yeah because it's basically just mega man with a bow staff but uh yeah well you know sometimes super nintendo games you know they were they were pretty good back then but sometimes they need a little bit of an improvement they need a little patch oh is that where i come in uh i was trying (laughs) I was trying my best. <laughs> no, I was trying to make it as awkward as possible. I think I succeeded. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sweating. Super Nintendo improvement patches, uh, part four. What's what's the French word for for four? I don't know. Because I, I, I was going to yeah. make a part do joke like hot shots, but uh, that fell on my face. But uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, actually, well, actually, that's not the right way. But um, yeah, I love finding these patches that make these games uh better it it really is Mm -hmm. a labor of love that these people uh put together because that is some thankless ass work when it comes to uh in fact let me pull up a comment uh very quickly here uh because one of the uh, what one really cool thing about when i make these videos is i get a lot of comments from the people that worked on these patches yeah uh, I was going to ask, uh, and maybe while you're looking for it, what, what's the, what's the way that you find these? Do you are you always looking for patches and stuff like this, or do people send you these? Like, hey man, check out this new patch. Like, how are you coming across this? Stuff? All of the above. I just have mm-hmm. my ear to the ground, and I have a uh, Google Doc. I have Notepad files on my PC at home. Where I'm constantly just like making notes, like oh this this is this this is that this is such and such. Um, gotcha. So yeah, uh, I remember somebody sending me along uh, Secret of Mana Turbo like a long time ago, and um, it's been improved since then. And I was like, wow, this is <laughs> nobody has any excuse not to play Secret of Mana anymore. Like this is what people have been waiting for. So it's. Yeah, it's it, there's no more stamina meter. By the way, it's very hard for me to say stamina because I always want to say really? stamina. <laughs> like st- I knew somebody that did that. We made fun of them endlessly. So like, sta- uh, like good st- they haven't caught you doing it. It's funny because there's a tennis player, Stan Warinka, his nickname is Stanimal. So it's like Stanimal. <laughs> well, I come close to saying that, but but yeah, I want to. Uh, uh, I'm never gonna find it, but uh, somebody asks in the comments um like uh how do people make these like what goes into making these patches and one of the dudes that uh had a hand in working on this was like a lot of sweat a lot of stress (laughs) a lot of (laughs) stuff you know it's just like a lot of late hours you know uh a lot of uh vitamin d deficiencies uh from lack of sunlight (laughs) you know just stuff like that and it's like i gotta a lot of respect to those dudes 
Um, and what yeah. what's even more exciting for me personally is that um, they're starting. A lot of these folks that have this skill set are starting to move away from the same old, same old uh, games. Which is like I would say there's like twelve. There's all the big RPGs. Like Final Fantasy VI has about eighty gazillion patches, and of course Super Metroid, Link to the Past. Mario World, that sort of stuff. Now we're starting to see stuff for like Harvest Moon, for Arcana, for uh, a Clock Tower, even stuff for like shoot 'em ups like uh, Makarov Scrambled Valkyrie. That game is awesome. Uh, we're getting new translations for games that aren't as popular, like the first Breath of Fire, which is very, very welcome. Um, mm-hmm. And now, and even after I, what one thing i love about uh posting these is uh in the comments people suggest other ones and somebody pointed out to me that like oh just the other day and it was seriously like three days ago uh three days before the video posted like somebody posted a uh life hack or life hack what the hell am i talking about <laughs> somebody posted nice. a uh, improvement patch i i'm trying to read about it uh <laughs> improvement patch for jurassic park for super nintendo and it allows you to save it introduces an sram file to your yeah so so as long as you play it on a uh a flash cart or on an emulator you can save and that's um, good news because the the nes game is just a, a different version of the snes game and it's super stupid long and yeah no save so that's Hugely welcome. Another thing that's really cool is that through this uh, Jurassic Park save, the guy takes a time to explain, like, hey, this is why there wasn't a save in Jurassic Park. Oh. It's it's because, like, when this game, uh, I guess he, the way he explains it is, like, the way this game works, the way this game operates, everything is always moving. Everything always has its place no matter where you are even if you can't see it even if it's like a mile away the game is still counting that enemy you know and and considering its pattern or whatever like a million miles away so when you would save everything it saves all that data and so it would be like 128k uh for (laughs) for like one save spot or something like that it's like that's way too much space uh, especially for a, a game like Jurassic Park, so we just can't do it because we can't justify putting in a giant freaking, you know, uh, that that much RAM, that much save space for something like that. But this guy is able to, you know, that that's not a concern anymore, especially with ROMs and flashcards. So it's uh, it's really cool to read about that sort of stuff. I'm I'm kind of an idiot when it comes to that sort of stuff. I, I'm pretty sure I've made that pretty clear uh over over the years because uh i i all i do is i just like here's the patch i join it with this program and then i play it and then i've got all these guys like in the all these people in the comments like well this is what you need to be doing this pat you forgot to mention that this patch also has this tiny little adjustment and i'm just like dude i just play the games I don't know. Okay, I just, I just, I, I read the descriptions. I, I read what the people that made it say, and then I'm like, that sounds cool. I think I'll try that. So I do, and it's, it's, it's either shitty and buggy and not worth. <laughs> it crashes my computer basically, <laughs> or it's, uh, it's really fun. 
Um, I'll say another one yeah. I, re- I found recently is uh, a Star Fox patch that redoes the um, the interface. Uh, this is Star Fox for Super Nintendo, and it takes the interface from Star Fox 64 and um, puts the portraits on there and all that sort of stuff. It's kind of cool. It's oh uh, nice, and it speeds up the game. It uh, fast roms the game too. It's it's got that shortcut in there too. So, yeah, I love yeah, doing those cool videos. Stuff. It's just hard to find good content for them, uh, useful content for them because there's a lot of stuff that's just either extremely extremely niche or just buggy and shitty and just not worth talking about. So right, or do you ever come into things where like it's for a game that nobody really cares about, so you don't know like is it really worth it to? Oh, I love this that among stuff. the I, really okay, good because I like the weird stuff too. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't want to spoil too much about the next one I'm I, I'm going to be doing, but uh, I'll just say that there is a Dennis the Menace Redux. Wow, <laughs> man, that that poor bastard that just dedicated a good chunk of his life to that. I mean, hats off to him. God bless him. Well, you got to believe that he grew up with or, uh, the. It's released by Billy Time Games. Shout out to Billy Time Games. And and you got to believe this dude got this game as a kid. He was stuck with it. It was like one of three games he owned. And you got to believe he had to have been like, God damn it. I'm, I've got the skill set now. I'm going to make this game better myself. And sure enough, this damn. dude is like weapons now one hit kill lesser enemies. You get less invincibility time for bosses. Uh, you get <laughs> there's a game save. Apparently there wasn't a game save before. Uh, <laughs> there's all sorts That's of like, fixes and stuff like that. It's hilarious. Dennis the Menace on Super Nintendo has like an improvement patch that like fixes the game, which is really it's like that's that just goes to show like what that scene is like, which is really funny to me. But anyway, I've yeah, rambled on awesome. too much. No, I love that stuff, man. You making uh, the old new again? It's always yeah, fun. exactly. That stuff's awesome. Yeah, well, good video once again, Thanks. and uh, we, we've got, gosh, we got, uh, our pockets are full of emails, and this is going to be an email episode, so uh, we got one off the top here from our, pa- was this Michael Wilbon? Oh, no, I'm sorry, Michael Wilson Yeah, every here. time, when I quick glance at the thing, I'm like, all right, we got an email from Michael Wilbon. No, Michael <laughs> Wilson, sorry, yeah, it's, it's, I do the same thing every time. So, hey man, we're getting contacted by Tim Brown. Tim we're Brown, getting contacted by Steve, Steve Carlton. Carlton. We got all kinds of uh, old sports hotshots emailing us, so I wouldn't be surprised. But uh, here we have an email. It's, it's titled "Questions, Suggestions, and an Update." Hey, drunk friends! Thanks so much for continuing to host this great podcast, and you're welcome. I'll start off with a couple questions. Question one. What's your favorite restaurant chain that you don't live around? For example, I really enjoy In-N-Out Burger. The first time I went was somewhere near Hollywood, and the restaurant was set up to where you could only order from a single window. I'm never going to forget the experience. I happen to live in Missouri, so I doubt one will ever be built here. So we can pause for that question. I've been to an In-N-Out Burger, but um, not enough to really remember what it was like. Do you have... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm... I'm s- guilty of the same thing where it's like i have a poor memory for food it's like all all i remember is if i liked it or not i don't remember the details i don't remember if i've even had a burger (laughs) i've been as far west as arizona i've never been to california but and i i think there's in and out burgers in arizona but um 
uh the, to answer the question though it's uh for me it's it's going to be pizza luce and that's kind of cheating because that's in uh twin cities minnesota area i used to live there i just don't anymore but that place is the best they have uh all sorts of great craft beers on tap uh including surly which is my pick for the best beer local to the twin cities it's, they have so much good stuff um they also have great pizza, as you might expect. Even their vegan stuff, they have a vegan-friendly menu. And um, usually I roll my eyes at that stuff, but th- they have a thing called Pizza Athena, which is like artichokes and uh, spinach and tomatoes and stuff like that and vegan cheese. It's damn delicious. Like, it's really good. Uh, so, yeah, Pizza Luce would be my pick. Uh, I wish uh, that place was down here. because Oh, and their spinach dip is legendary. Oh, so good. Nice. Uh, what do yeah, you got? Good, good choice there. I, hmm. Well, you know, the thing that sticks out to me is one experience that I didn't like, which was with uh, Jack in the Box. And oh. we don't have any of those local to me, but uh, there is one in Charlotte for some reason. So a couple hours away. And we went to see a show there one night. And I know it's open late, which might be it's it's you know best quality at least as far as i'm concerned <laughs> and we got just a mix of things here cuz the menu sounds great when you're a little bit drunk and it's late so it was like you know burritos and tacos and all these other things and i was like fuck yeah load me up with about one of everything <laughs> and it was just bowls of grease it was gross all that, we were all kind of just sick out in the parking lot like ugh it was all grease yeah. so i wasn't a huge fan of jack in the box yeah i remember being on a road trip through texas and uh, uh doing jack in the box uh was not impressed did not like it at all that's all i remember i don't remember what i got or what what any of that was but yeah would not go back do they have those uh are those like common more common where you're at uh south southwest yeah uh there's not one in albuquerque that i know of but uh there was uh one in texas that we stopped at when i was on a road trip one time this is like 2007 2008 sucked would not go back. Sucked. <laughs> All right, there you go. Yeah, I can't think of a favorite that's really not here. Well, I, I mean, I guess, my all-time... I guess I could say Quiznos. I was going to say Quiznos would be mine, <laughs> but they don't really exist anymore. I mean, I guess they have like, what, like six stores left in the in the whole country? Like, God. There's one in the Denver airport, and uh, it's an excuse to fly to Denver or yeah. out of Denver. yeah. I, I need to take advantage of that next time I'm I'm flying through Denver. But uh, anytime I buy plane tickets to Minnesota, which I've done a, a couple times, it's they always want to send me through Chicago or like Salt Lake City or like Atlanta. Yeah, let's throw your ass way over to freaking Atlanta and then bounce your ass back over to. I hate flights. I don't know how I arrived <laughs> here, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could just do the eight-hour journey. This is like your pilgrimage. Eight-hour journey to the Denver airport. Just go through security and then just hop into, you know, the A-gate section and just hang out at that Quiznos. <laughs> Maybe they'll let you in. Maybe you have to get a job there to eat there. I don't know. You just have to work in the airport. Well, that's what it was like. I remember uh, there was a Chick-fil-A. I remember uh, the only Chick-fil-A for a while in Minnesota was on a uh, University of Minnesota campus. And... You know, you would look it up on Google Maps. This is back in like 2008, 2009. You'd look it up and you'd, you'd see that Quiznos and it would be like buried in this like campus building. 
And it's like, well, if I drive up and park in the ramp and maybe I can finagle my way in there and see if I can get it. And it's like, no, there's no way to get in there without a student ID. It's like, fuck. Like, I'm never going to try Chick-fil-A. And sure enough, I tried Chick-fil-A. It was good the first few times. Next couple times, eh. Next couple times after that, I'm done. I think Wendy's has yeah. a better chicken sandwich. I know. I'm I'm with you there. The Chick-fil-A is just wet cardboard with a pickle on it. I can get that at the house. <laughs> the pickle doesn't know favors. Like I normally like pickles, but it's it's trying to co- it's trying to compensate for like too much of that peanut oil dryness. It's it, oily. Yeah. Yeah, it's it just doesn't work for me anymore. I I like uh Wendy's does it right. They put a to- full-on tomato with mayo and all that good stuff. So yeah, I like yeah, Wendy's. It's like an actual better. sandwich. Same, same. All right. Well, we we spent some time on that one. Question two here from uh, Michael. If you're ever feeling like you are living the same day every day, what do you do to break that cycle? From a personal standpoint, I chose to cut out the usage of medical marijuana for inducing sleep. I felt like I wasn't remembering details about projects that I worked on for work. What do you do to break the cycle of of monotony, Alex? Cocaine. I know you're into meditation. Cocaine. (laughs) You step it up. Where most people are trying to t- take it down a notch, you're like, you know what? Let's make it. Let's get wild. No, I want to hang from the ceiling fan tonight. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. I don't know. Um, I I'm a very routine oriented person. Like, especially when it comes to like days of the week. Uh, now that I'm a, a 50-50 person, uh, working from home, working uh at the office, which is completely pointless. But that's a different rant entirely. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a extremely routine-oriented. If I get thrown off my routine, that'll be enough for me to be like, all right, I'll remember today. Today I had enough excitement because I, uh, I had to go a different way home because there was construction that popped up out of nowhere. On <laughs> That's just the lamest possible example I could think of. But uh, just get out of your comfort zone. Do something you wouldn't do. Start running. Do like Forrest Gump and just like start running somewhere. Yeah, speaking of 1994. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I picked up, that's a good one, picking up some exercise. That's good, because I started running last year, and that, that shook things up for me. And now I'm finding, over the last couple months, where the weather's not been great, and I started a new job, so I'm a little more tied to my desk than I used to be. I don't go outside as often. Mm-hmm. I'm finding myself in a bit of a rut, too, and I think the I think the exercise was what was breaking my cycle. So, I don't know, maybe that's a good, uh, maybe that's the best recommendation we could make here, is just yeah. find a way to get the energy out that's where my mind first went when the quarantine first started was like okay this is i'm gonna see this as an opportunity to do something i wouldn't normally do what would that be and it's like okay it turns out it's gonna be jogging and i ended up you know getting pretty into it for about four months uh until my back just i i would jog for like maybe 500 yards and then the left side of my lower back was just like nope you're not doing this anymore we're, we're shutting this Aww. shit down and ever since then it was just like nope you're not it, it, it's always just a matter of time it's like a uh it's like a timer where it's just like when's my when's the disc of my the left side gonna start acting out so but i can walk on the right. treadmill forever and listen to all sorts of music and stuff like that that's that's fine but jogging on pavement for some reason just absolutely kills me for some reason which bums me out because i like uh tracking where i've been you know the 
jogging apps that have all that uh, cool tracking yeah. stuff. We do a fair amount of the the jogging and tracking there in the old Discord, and yeah, that's what that helps with the motivation. Yeah, sure. it it really does. Yeah, it still does, but um, I it's just that I can only walk now, and the weather sucks here, and we live more in a kind of a suburby area, so it's not as interesting as where we used to live, where there were like farm animals. And like I, I would say hi to the sheep. There were some chickens. <laughs> I had run into That's, a coyote yeah. every once in a while. That was cool. Wow, now that'll get you running. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> well, I'd look forward to go go saying hi to them. So I'd I'd run out to meet them. Now it's just a bunch of houses and roads. Which is Yeah. That that's gonna be a thing. The next the next place we live, I've kind of made it a point to be like, there has to be a place nearby where running is is totally, you know, easy and accessible because I have to get in a car and drive like 10 miles to get to my favorite running spot and which was close to where I used to work. And so I got in the habit of going to this place. That's like my running place. That's my home court. So uh, I feel like I have to go there to run. I'm not willing to break out and do anything different at this point. So it does become a hassle, but you don't see driving as like an extra hurdle to get out there. It is. It absolutely okay. is. But there's also an element where I do. I work from home 100. Uh, percent So sometimes so you're, you're just being in my car is nice. Yeah. There was a couple. There's a couple weeks or a couple days last week where my wife was like, "Man, it's been raining all week," and I'm like, "I did not know that." <laughs> I <had no> idea. <laughs> yeah. There Could have fooled me. I remember. Uh, uh, it was just. Uh, I think it was last week. I have these like huge heavy curtains over the window in my uh, office, and I had them closed. Um, the night before, uh, all the shades in uh, our bedroom was cl- were closed. Go to bed. And I wake up. It's like all right, another day. Blah blah blah. And I'm just doing my thing. And I, it's time to walk the dog. Six thirty a.m. And I go out and snow. <laughs> it's Whoa. just like what the hell? When did this happen? It's like oh, I, I haven't even in Minnesota. I haven't even looked outside in. A thousand years so yeah it's I, that, I, those that's always really jarring to see that sort of stuff i can i feel like i can relate to that a little bit yeah absolutely uh all right so he, he also packs in a couple suggestions here because remember the title of the email questions suggestions and an update so we're on suggestions now he says pizza sauce if you haven't used it yet you should really try classico brand i have tried classical brand uh oh, what do you think Oh, just their regular marinara sauce. It's solid. It's really solid. Um, I, I'm not a, a aficionado when it comes to that sort of stuff, so I I, I can't compare it to like, you know, I I I just it's it's good. <laughs> oh, I recognize this jar. Yeah, we've had we've had some. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. the it's looks like parchment or paper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gotcha. All right. Suggestion two, hot sauce. You've probably heard of Dexter Holland from The Offspring. Well, if you didn't know already, he has his own brand of hot sauce named Gringo Bandito. Here's a link if you need it. It's gringobandito.com, by the way. Um, I have tried this. I was very surprised when I saw it because I think I just bought it because it said Dexter Holland on it. And I was like, well, we got to see what this is all about. And it was pretty good. Huh. I was pretty impressed. That's cool. I think I think there's a thing where like he... I don't think he makes it anymore. I could be wrong, but I think I read somewhere that like he was like, yeah, that was a phase. We're, we're done. <laughs> I could be wrong. Well, he had to keep his music career and his hot sauce career. You got to keep them separated. Oh, you son of a, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's a uh, man. That smash album came out in 1994, yeah. which to remind listeners, I've been just doing 1994 stuff all month. Yeah. And, uh, 
1994, that's just a banger year for my style of music. That's yeah, just... mine too. Uh, that song is the best song on that album. Would you agree with that? Because mm. I hate self-esteem. I, I cannot... St- oh, I like that one. I cannot stand his voice. He That dude has... Ugh. I, I just don't like how when he gets up to that register, and especially when he does the lithium thing, the, the Nirvana lithium thing, where it's mm. the chorus is... It's like, <laughs> all right, yep. Well, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's it's that one is heavily inspired by Nirvana. Like he was trying to, he was trying to steal some fans there. But uh, I think I like "Gotta Get Away" as well in "Bad Habit." Oh, "Gotta Get Away." I remember the, that song. That's that's solid. Yeah, yeah. In "Bad Habit," where there's that string of cuss words when he's stuck in traffic. That's always fun. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I had that on cassette. That was it was solid times. I was obsessed with that cassette for like I want to say three weeks, four weeks, something like that. There you go, man. But yeah, it was actually the first CD I bought with my own nice. money. I was like a, I don't know, I was like ten when I bought it, and uh, the guy at Walmart shamed me, which I think he probably should have not let me buy it. I'm pretty sure it says mature or whatever, but um, he was like, "Oh, you go, you're one of those kids that like music where you can't hear, you can't understand the lyrics." I was like, yeah, I guess. Can I just have this? Can you just take my money? <laughs> you stop shaming me while I'm in line. What the hell? Were, were, were you talking to like some 40-year-old or something like that? It's like, you want to listen to some lyrics, you got to hear some Skinnerd. I had no, I feel like he was he was edging that way. I do remember he had long hair and he had transition lenses and he kind of looked like Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinnerd. So it's funny you mentioned that. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, it's a good hot sauce. Everybody try it out. Uh, and then he provides a quick update here. If you guys remember, we, uh, gosh, it was, who knows, 50 years ago, probably. Uh, we we looked at his Beast Wars project. He had a website. And we looked at all the different beasts, and I think we we're talking about it there. But uh, he's up. He's got other projects on that. He's got Final Fantasy Project and Brewery Listing. So um, if you remember that old episode, go back, look at the description. There's a link in there. He's got a lot more stuff going on. So thank you, uh, Michael Wilson, for reaching out. And uh, sending us the email, the suggestions, the updates, the questions. We really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you, Michael Will. I mean, Michael Wilson. Mike Wilson, as he signs it. Uh, Next email is from Jono, who has emailed us at least 400 times. We've got uh, a subject here called Band Gains. I've loved all 400. They've been great. Yeah, but this time he uh, misspelled Gains. He typoed (laughs) and said Gains instead of Games. Hmm. So... Hmm, maybe it's a cry uh, for help. Should we? Uh, maybe he's talking about gains, like uh, muscle gains. Oh, maybe. Maybe he's doing curls over there, out yeah. in Australia, or New Zealand, or wherever he is, because he says, "Good day, junk friends." Ah. The chat about Trav's cre- questionable life choice to play <laughs> Revolution X got me thinking of other bands that had games. Crewball, Devo presents Adventures of the Smart Patrol, Iron Maiden's Ed Hunter. What? band should have a game and what style of a game would it be for the record i wish we had gotten metallica twisted metal styled game which was announced around the time saint anger came out and then quietly vanished have a great weekend Jono. happy holidays Jono. happy holidays i got alex i i'm having deja vu I, maybe it was a robert uh auguste de meyer but i feel like we've gotten a similar question like this before or at least a mention of Crewball. But I gotta say, I don't remember at all a Metallica twisted metal style game announced around no, the time. No, me of the same neither. Thing. That might have been like a game magazine 
like thing where it's like they agreed in principle to do it but it never got made or maybe they just ended up making it anyway without the metallica stuff involved in it but uh yeah i that that's news to me i never heard of that before yeah i just googled it and i there's a article that says footage and concept art from a canceled metallica game inspired by mad max and twisted metal surface online but there's no wow. uh, no link to such footage. It's just a, oh, an okay. article that says it exists. So that's fun. But wow, that well, what band neat. should have a game, and what style of a game should it be? Oh, uh, well, you know, it is 1994. What about Stone Temple Pilot Wings? And um, <laughs> we, we fly around a, a s- flight sim. <laughs> yeah, but you're you're Scott Weiland, and you're just flying through LSD trips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right interstate love song and you're just weaving in and out of weird traffic <laughs> well you know like prog rock bands like rush they're gonna have they're gonna be tactical rpgs that are like so insanely detailed that you can't even keep track of the stuff that you've adjusted or right. what even the hell that you've done in the past or what unit does what um it's 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 uh i don't know i i I don't i'm not sure i want to see that but um i uh don't know what else to uh suggest for that yeah that would be interesting it would be like um it'd be like one of those rpgs that you know like you said are are highly complex but there is like an uh a rhythm that's offbeat like mistimed for the, the attacks and it's it's hard to uh to nail it down I would say. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I found a video of this uh, Metallica canceled game. A supposed video. Let me throw it in the chat here. Oh, let's have a looksy daisy. I, I don't know why I'm expecting it was called da- a lot. Here. Damage Incorporated. It's a good name. Oh. Let's see your reaction to this. But, yeah, it looks okay. Yeah. Yeah, for you the got, time. It, yeah. I mean, it looks like your regular ass, like, Kind of PS2 GTA clone driving game, yeah. yeah. With the uh, yeah, I mean it's heavily inspired by Twisted Metal. You can tell, but uh, you know, you I would have played this. This looks this looks playable and fun to me. I mean, if you've got like classic Metallica blasting through this, right? Like especially like wherever I may roam, or Dude, you know, I know that's what I'm thinking. Something like, like that. A soundtrack to a game like this can take it from being mundane to being like unforgettable. Oh yeah. Like Especially, yeah, the sound design. There's lots of explosions here. Lots of cool vehicles, too. Yeah, this seems neat. Well, that's a shame. Now I'm sad. Well, thanks for making me yeah. sad, John. No, I was I was living life happy <laughs> as a happy as a daisy out here, and now I'm upset. Nice going, John. Oh, what God the hell? Dang it, John. Oh, God dang it. God damn it. Have you played that's any of these it. other ones? Have you played a, uh, any amount of Crewball? I didn't even know about yes, Devo Presents. I actually did a video on Crewball. Oh, that's right. You did. My, my friend from high school. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I don't remember if she actually joined my Discord or Discord, joined my Patreon to like request this officially or not. But he was like, "You have to do Crewball." I was like, "Why?" Because you do. And I was like, "Okay." So I did, and that was like what three, four years ago. Yeah, four years Uh, ago. Here I'm looking at. It's really not that bad of a uh, if you're into console (laughs) pinball games where you hear Motley Crue on FM synthesis. I love the cover art. Oh, yeah. The cover, yeah. And um, there's also the Kiss Pinball game, which is just straight garbage. So Crewball is at least the best band-themed pinball game, I would say. 
I think Metallica and Guns N' Roses pinball machines are oh, better. Machines. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I didn't oh, think about did, the machines. Did Kiss Pinball have like an official release on console? Yeah, I, I have it on PlayStation. I couldn't pass it up. It was a oh, dollar no. at the flea market. That's terrible. I had to bring that home. Yeah, no, it's garbage. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought you were talking about like I thought you were spot, you know, going off into like machines and no, stuff like no. that. No, no. The but, machines are fun. Um yeah, but uh, the digitized Kiss Pinball version on PlayStation 1. Yikes. No bueno. No thanks. Yeah. Yeah, the, I, uh our favorite bar down here, uh Sister Bar on uh downtown uh, quote unquote downtown Albuquerque. They, for a while, it's not there anymore, unfortunately, but for a while they had a Guns N' Roses pinball machine and it was loud as shit. And it was just playing nothing but like Appetite for Destruction stuff. Uh, <laughs> you couldn't even hear the other pinball machines around it because it was so loud. I played it for about 20 minutes. Did not even scratch the top four scores, uh, but it was still a lot of fun just to hear all the axolisms that happen when you like you know like a when you, when you hit yeah i was just gonna do that yeah okay, it was yeah. that that's one of them uh there's there's a couple more like slash starts playing sweet child of mine when you hit something that's cool yeah, man it's they had that machine at magfest but it wasn't working when i went by it it was uh, they were working on it because those machines it's, fail about once every magfest there's always an opportunity that you'll walk by it and it won't work but uh it's really i i don't know if they just like artificially cranked up the volume on that but it was really really loud it was hilarious nice it's like yeah it's like being at a concert but what about this other one though real quick devo presents adventures of the smart patrol i've never heard of that in my life that sounds awesome because devo is cool as hell but i have never heard of that i didn't even know they had a game uh, it sounds like it'd be like a DOS game or a game on a like really obscure system. Yeah, so I was trying to look it up really quickly. I did find the cover of it, which um, is yeah, basically it's a PC just the cover game. of the album. Uh, oh, yeah, PC. Okay, great. 1996. Yeah. Man, it got uh, a whopping 2.8 out of 10 from GameSpot, <laughs> and Entertainment Weekly said uh, D-plus on that. You can give that a D-plus. <laughs> When I see this, I think of that Mabus game I talked about a million years ago. Oh yeah, uh, the one that my dad picked up. <laughs> it's it's got that same vibe where it's just like really cheap. You know, it's it's ambitious, but it's just it's not happening. It didn't need to exist. What? Yeah, it didn't need to exist, but All I right. still like Devo. All right, thanks, Jono. Up next, we have an email from Sean titled John Madden. Hey, Travis and Alex, I dutifully enjoy both of your YouTube channels, and thanks, Sean. Thanks. I live in upstate New York. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. (laughs) God, I knew that was fucking coming. I live in upstate New York, and I have met many people who say Mexican food here is terrible. They They are mostly transplants from Southern California. Alex, you, as a Minnesotan, did you have any preconceptions about Mexican food, or did you experience a revelation of how much better the Mexican Mexican food is in the Southwest? Are you a snob about Mexican food now? I didn't have any preconceptions about any food anywhere, because I hardly ate anything when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, other than, like, you know, peanut butter sandwiches, and I, I think my go-to uh, at Burger King was the number eight. It was like a double bacon cheeseburger i would have one of those every day i was a string bean when i was a teenager one of those where i I, I could just 
scarf down this crappy Burger King burger and like it would just bounce right off my metabolism and I'd be totally fine. Not the case anymore, unfortunately. But uh, no, I it took me a long time to like get into like trying other food that was outside my quote unquote comfort zone, which was very, very small to begin with. But uh, it needs to be uh, specified here, though. There is a distinct difference between Mexican food and New Mexican food. Mm. New Mexican food is its own thing. That is uh, mostly has to do with green chili, which is a primarily a New Mexican thing. And um, you add green chili to anything tostadas uh pozole uh, well maybe not pozole but uh all sorts of stuff enchiladas gives it a distinct new mexico flavor and it's uh you can't find that anywhere else in the country and it's freaking delicious it's hot mm-hmm. and i don't normally like hot stuff but it is damn good um especially green chili salsa is awesome um just for like chips and salsa green chili salsa excellent mexican food uh as far as like regular ass like tamales pozole uh menudo uh stuff like that eh we just go to my uh uh my girlfriend's mom's house heck yeah you know and she makes all that stuff uh, she makes it better than the restaurants so it's like we don't go out to eat for mexican food we just go to her house and she just makes it so, but as far as new Mexican food goes, I'm going to name drop uh, Los Compadres is my favorite new Mexican food place ever. It's they have all their stuff. I swear they use like rotisserie chicken for their chicken in their uh, quesadillas and their tacos and stuff like that. Because there's something about it. that's just magical. It's so good. It's it's the it's the best uh, new Mexican food place here. Um, nice. Love that place. You've yeah. got me hungry as hell. <laughs> it's, it's if there's one thing new mexico does well it's food man there's so many good places to eat here and there used to be even more but the pandemic closed like freaking there's three off the top of my head that closed uh recently so man we're, we're just trying to support the people <laughs> right <laughs> we don't want them to go away i so, know yeah i'm with you there all right, very good. Um, well, now that I'm starving, let's see if this question for me is about food. Uh, Trav, you, as a Southerner, are you particular about some sort of Southern food? Is Nashville hot chicken that hot? What is the biggest fish you've ever caught? And can you talk about... <laughs> Why did I get asked that? I don't know. And can you talk about smoking meat? Uh, I could talk about a couple of those things. You know, the thing is... I. I I guess I am a Southerner, but I think where I live regionally, we would consider ourselves more Appalachian. We're more, we're more mountainous. Yeah. We, we're not the. And su- there is a difference. We're not, we're not a Southern Belle type like Blanche Devereaux of the Golden Girls. We're, we're very mountainous, and that means we have less teeth, and we actually don't talk in a dialect that you can understand because our lips don't touch. We just talk, we just talk fat like this. Hey, hey, how you doing? You know, we. It's completely different than Southern. <laughs> so anyway, all of that said, um, I like some Southern food or what you know, regional food for me. We, we do a lot of. Uh, I think, I think some of the traditional foods that maybe are known but aren't as uh, eaten outside of this area. Stuff like, you know, your chicken and your dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. Uh, I think biscuits and gravy is kind of all over the place. That's that's big here. Uh, we got uh, our beans and cornbread, you know. Uh, yeah. And and just the stuff we grow, our, our vegetables. Uh, we, we throw that in there, too. A lot of, a lot of stews and, and 
whatnot. So, um, and also sometimes, and it's not me, but sometimes, uh, just stuff that people catch, just like rabbit and stuff or deer, they just, you know, if they hit it with their car, they'll just toss it in. So we got that going on, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Raccoon, Raccoon, squirrel. Raccoon's, it it's, it's fatty. You don't want that. What about, uh, what about grits? Are, are grits a thing where yeah. you are? Yeah, we do the grits. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, because I've only had grits a couple times, and that's, I'm a I'm a fan of grits. It's like I, if you can more. order it at a Cracker Barrel, that's all we eat. <laughs> <laughs> if that on. helps, that helps anybody. There are Cracker Barrels in Minnesota, by the way. Heck which yeah, is dude! Really, and of course, my parents were like, "Wow, have you eaten at this place called Cracker Barrel?" It's like, yeah, mom. All right, I know they need it's, to, you know, they they need to change the name to Honky Bucket or something. I <laughs> have to change it up. But no, I'd, yeah. uh, I, you know, I like the Cracker Barrel breakfast, but you know, I just, uh, I just, I'm sick of that food. I was raised on it. Why would I go there? So, exactly. Uh, yeah. That's that's Pearl's opinion of uh, both Mexican and New Mexican food, where it's like, why would I go anywhere for this when I can just go to my mom's house? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Well, Is, what's the biggest fish you ever caught? Uh, I, by the way, I'm from the land of ten thousand lakes. Right, yeah, and you should have been I, asked I, I wasn't asked that. Come on. Come on, I, uh, Sean. <laughs> God, I haven't been fishing in like 20, 25 years. 25 uh, years, John. I, I don't even know. I, I would say the biggest fish I ever caught was probably, uh, you know, massive to me at the age I was when I caught it, which was probably like 10 years old, and I thought I caught a marlin. Actually, you know, here's a funny story. <laughs> we were I was at the beach with my dad. We went to Wilmington Beach growing up, which is... Uh, off the coast of North Carolina, and uh, we would go out. It was my dad's favorite thing to fish. Okay, so I mean, I get the stereotype: Southerners like to fish, whatever. Um, but especially no, in rivers, we're more a... river fishers. Your lakes—that's different. But my dad, uh, we were at the beach and just all day long fishing with him. I, I hardly saw him when we were at the beach. He'd just leave us and at four a.m. go fish and then just come back at some other point in time. Um, but I got to go with him on this one time and yeah, I'm a kid. I'm not really paying attention. I'm kind of too bored to fish. I'm not into it. I know I want to do other stuff, but he lets me man this pole. And I swear to God, within five minutes, this little, I will, it's not little technically, but a, a little sand shark, which is powerful enough to rip a seven year old clear out in the ocean, Whoa. grabs the line. And I'm just, I'm doing a little bit of skiing off the beach. Cause I'm like, I don't know to let go. Um, but my dad had to run out there and like cut the line and stuff. So technically I caught a shark and uh, that's my story. And it was <laughs> huge for me when I was seven. That's pretty awesome. What, what Was that a lure? Was it just a worm? I, I've, gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. Probably worms, knowing my dad. <laughs> Wax worm? No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> then is Nashville hot chicken that hot? I don't think the Nashville hot's all that hot. But I am a, I'm a spicy lover. So maybe it takes a little bit more to impress me. I think it's good. I don't, I don't think it's all that hot. And can you talk about smoking meat? Yeah, a little bit. My buddy got me uh, an electric smoker, which I, I think is a cardinal sin, but it smokes meat. So what are you going to do about it? But it's uh, it's about the size of like a mini fridge. And I can put, you know, a pork roast in there, a Boston bud. I can do wings. Just set it and forget it. Go out in the yard, drink beer and play cornhole. This is, of course, all pre-pandemic. So I'm actually kind of sad talking about it. And then after a full day of day drinking, we got meats ready to go and uh that's a good time so when it warms up hopefully we can get that going again but yeah hopefully i talked about smoking meat enough for you there sean i appreciate you asking and then he closes it out with uh of course rip r.i.p john madden and i don't know if we brought it up here but man 
Yeah, that one. Hit, that one sucks. That yeah. one really sucks. Uh, you know, one of the voices. When I, when I think of the voices of my childhood, I think of uh, two commentary teams come to mind. Uh, for me personally, uh, the first one is Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan, <laughs> and both of those folks are gone. Mm-hmm. And and the other is Pat Summerall and John Madden, and both of those folks are gone now too. So it's it's pretty sad, but you know, it's all you can do is just like go back and listen to uh, some some of Madden's Maddenisms, some some of the you know whap. <laughs> <laughs> he just stuck his head out there guy. and whapped it down. Yeah, <laughs> well, you hit him so hard, you know the logo's gonna fly off the helmet. You know, it's, it's it can't be overstated. Uh, when you go back to when you watch like any sort of commentary, football commentary from the seventies, it's very dry. You know, it, right. you, you had Dandy Don Meredith and you had uh, Frank Gifford and uh howard cosell for the monday night stuff and they were brought in specifically to like yeah jazz it up make it entertainment blah 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 but as far as like sunday at noon you got packers bears like you're gonna have like ray scott and you know like some schlub maybe not even anybody else it might just be ray scott but uh other than that you might have dick stockton out there with like you know some some nobody when Madden showed up to do color commentary, and he was fresh off of a coaching career, he, it was, uh, I wasn't there, obviously, but I, it was one of those things where the industry changed, like, television changed, like, mm-hmm. sports coverage changed, because he brought not only his personality, but just, like, the knowledge, the enthusiasm, the voice, like he had such a distinct voice. Have you ever heard anybody that sounds like John Madden other than Frank Caliendo? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like, when are you ever like out, uh, out and about, or like on the phone, or like doing whatever you need to do? And it's like, wow, that sounds like John Madden. Like that never happens. No, like John distinct. Madden, only John Madden sounds like John Madden. So he had he had the complete package for for television broadcasting and it's crazy to me that you know it was weird it was always weird to wrap my head around like him being a a a coach a hall of fame coach a super bowl winning coach because i had always uh thought of him as like the greatest football analyst ever and by the way uh look up some madden commercials in your space you know if you ever get a minute uh, his McDonald's ones were really funny because uh, those are the ones that I remember as a kid because he would do the telestrator thing uh, with like, here's Wendy, she goes over here, hands off to Sarah, Sarah goes this way, hands off to Fred, Fred gives it off to the drive-thru. <laughs> it, it cracks me up every time. I just remember uh, Boom, Tough Actin, Tenactin. That was the... Boom, Tough Actin, Tenactin. That was the commercial from him, I remember. Oh, yep. man. It's fun you bring him up because, uh, again, it being 1994, we watched Little Giants, and he has a little cameo in there. He he gets mm. off the bus with a bunch of legends and helps those kids, and um, so that was fun to see. And then I also played John Madden on the 3DO, which was a 1994 game, and it's, oh, it's, wow. it's so ahead of its time, obviously, because it's a 3DO, wow. and that was the whole gimmick. It's a 3DO, and it's an EA game, yeah. Yeah, and it, it plays really well. It's like... 
you know, the, the Super Nintendo and Genesis Maddens don't catch up to this one iteration of Madden for years. The videos, like there's the actual FMVs, the ones that they would try to cram into the Genesis and Super Nintendo versions that just made John Madden yeah. sound like he was being hit to death with a book. Like, Dom, Dom Madden. Dom, Dom, Dom. <laughs> I mean, it's full FMV there. So it was, it was really cool to see him, you know, kind of in that first iteration of being in a video game. And he's he's like, all right, guys, that was the Super Bowl. Let's check out the stats. Like very <laughs> That's a great impression. That's that's pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. I don't know how I pulled that off. But yeah. But yeah, so if you have a 3DO and John Madden, which maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't, but uh it's pretty good. All right. Thank you, Sean. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thanks, Sean. I, I love talking talking some John Madden. It's the best time to be a gamer. Every second there's a brand new indie game released, but there are so many of them it can feel overwhelming. That's where the IndieQuest podcast comes in. We build a list of recommended indie games called the Quest Log and celebrate the obscure titles that you should check out. Available everywhere podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com. All right, so this one, this next email gets a little complicated because it gets into other languages. Uh, we got Happy Helen Days, I guess, uh, uh, and I'm gonna say this name is Hans. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I was thinking Hans. Yeah, it's spelled H uh, A N N E S. Is that Hans or Hannes? If if, mm. I, if I'm gonna be total Midwestern American, it's gonna be Hannes. But I'm gonna say Hans. I'm gonna respect. go with Hans as well. I'll agree with you. If we get maybe, I mean, Hans, if you're out there, send that well, actually, you know where to find us. <laughs> Hans says, well, a uh, long time listener, first time emailer, heard you were l- running low on emails. I'm happy to help. We're happy you emailed. Please yes. email more, like a lot more. Uh, <laughs> my question is about old arcade games. Alex has been exploring those for a while now on the old YouTube channel, and it's always fun to see. They're almost always games I've never heard of, and they look cool, so I would like to try them. But how to get a fair challenge from them, since most of the time <laughs> you can just respawn where you are by spending a credit, and a credit is just to keep us away in an emulator. Failure becomes meaningless, and the game can become kind of boring. If there is a port of an arcade game to a console, they usually add some limit on the number of times you can continue. That limit might be reasonable or not, but at least it's there. I don't know. Maybe not everyone is as bothered about it as me. And many times these games are enjoyable as sheer spectacle. I've certainly had a lot of fun with the Metal Slug games, even when I was a credit feeding, even when I was credit feeding my way through them, for instance. What are your thoughts? Do you ever limit your credits when playing these games? If so, how do you decide? Hans. Hmm. I think that's a pretty good question. I experience that a lot too. Where I get I get a little I get a little bored with the arcade games because I'm like, now I'll just give myself another credit and just keep going. So um I get that. Maybe just set a limit for yourself. Say like I'm gonna do this with three. We're not hitting it. We're just gonna go in. But you said you had no you're kinda you, leaning you got an idea here. What were you thinking? You gotta beat it on one credit. One that's credit. that's the only that's the only thing. You gotta go full hardcore and go one credit. Man, I'm I know not... that's not really possible with like beat 'em ups and stuff like that, but with shoot 'em ups, it is. That's the lure of shoot 'em ups with stuff like 1942 and mm. you know R type and stuff like that. Like it really is possible to like gain a ton of momentum and beat those games uh, in one uh, go round. 
beat em ups not so much. I think with beat em ups you usually do need one thing that I I like to do is I like to actually calculate the amount of money I'm spending. Yeah. And I like how uh, with these game ROMs, especially the in the mid '90s, it's two tokens to continue. So it's like, okay, that's fifty cents, whereas you know it always used to be twenty five cents to continue. So I I was get a big kick out of that. Where I I can't think of a game off the top of my head that does that, but uh, I guess no, I don't put a limit on it. I I would rather just like beat the game count the money that i spent and then try and beat that oh there see you if go. i can spend spend less money yeah that's that's kind of how i approach it that's a pretty good way to do it yeah the last time i beat x-men arcade i only spent uh 850 on that and that's been my record for a really long time because i love revisiting that game every so often especially in the summer because it makes me think of the minnesota state fair and all that sort of stuff i've eaten that game many times 850 is my record so and that's that's pretty high that's eight dollars (laughs) fifty cents that's not good it's pretty shitty uh like 1990s money that's like 15 bucks (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty bad. So I need to get better than that. So that's how I think of it. I just think of it as real money. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a good I way hope to that do. Answers it. that question. Yeah, because for for Polykill, people will s- send us their their beats, and sometimes if someone beats an arcade game, they'll tell us the cost to beat, and they're like, "Yeah, this was this cost me fourteen bucks. It's a tough game." So <laughs> um, it's always yeah. cool to see that, and I appreciate that too. It gives me an idea of how hard it's going to be. But uh, yeah, I don't really I don't play a ton of them, so I'm going to. Just take uh, Alex's answer and say that's the way to do it. Just beat your own cost to to win. All right, uh, and then we have one more question here, and this is, this is from someone who has one of the best one of the best first names out there. His name's Travis, and uh, it's what? not me. It's a, no, it's a different Travis. And uh, his email is titled "Favorite Wins." Hello again, friends. Hope you guys don't mind more of a hashtag sports drunk question. Of course we don't. As a lifelong Bengals fan, younger than 31 years old, I got to witness my team win a playoff game for the first time in my life this weekend. And, of course, this is a dated email, but uh, sorry. No, sorry. but, dude, it doesn't It doesn't even matter, though. Bengals fan gets to celebrate going to the Super Bowl. Exactly. That is not something that me, a Vikings fan, has, gotten able, has been able to celebrate. That's right. I mean, you can't have it all, but... Congrats on the good season. But anyway, yeah, he says... Great, uh, that's a great season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm absolutely the happiest person right now in the state of Ohio. Maybe the world. I don't know. Anyway, what are your guys' favorite wins that you've witnessed as a sports fan? And what did they mean to you? So I think um, you should go first with this. Okay. Uh, favorite wins that I've witnessed as a sports fan... Well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a little bit on Travis Wolf here because he's from Ohio. Uh, a few years ago, my beloved <laughs> Virginia, my beloved Virginia Tech Hokies, just in the thick of mediocrity as we have been for some time, unfortunately, still love them. But man, it's been rough. One year out of nowhere, actually the year that uh, that Ohio State wins the college football championship, 2014, the only blemish on their record. My beloved Hokies going in to Columbus. Still in that W. That was pretty big because at the time, Ohio State, I mean, I think at the time they were ranked like seventh, but we were ass. 
And it was at the very beginning of the year. And we went on to be ass for the rest of the year, but we got that win. <laughs> we snuck in there and got that win. And so that was a big one. And there, there are a couple others that measure up, but that's one that's really super duper memorable. What do you remember about that team? Who was the quarterback? Michael Brewer was the quarterback. And Who the hell is that? Uh, he was a transfer from Texas Tech, I think. And uh, I he played here for two years. He got injured almost every other game, but the dude was like, the biggest hokey ever. He still his Instagram is all just Virginia Tech stuff. Like the dude just loved it. He loved being a, a, a mm. just a D one quarterback. He just loved it. So gotta I, love that. I, I have some respect for that dude because he got brutalized. He was like five ten, one hundred nine pounds, and he just got brutalized. But a lot of heart. Jesus. Love to see a guy like that play. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I I love his spirit. I don't. I'm not sure if I love to see him play because he gets murdered every game. I mean, but, in uh, between damn. getting murdered, he would do some cool stuff. Oh, okay. That's good. Because, <laughs> geez, that is, that's pretty small for a quarterback. You got any others? Like any bat, any VT basketball, any March Madness stuff? Well, I, yeah, I mean, gosh, no, we're not a basketball school. What are we talking about? We did, we've beaten Duke a few times <laughs> while they're in, in, uh, Cameron, which is weird because we don't win often. But I, I will, I will show, I'll shout out another one that I think I've even shared on this podcast before, but we played Nebraska. In football and in mm-hmm. Blacksburg, this was during our Tyrod Taylor days. So yes. this was going to be twenty two thousand nine, I think it was. And awful game, no offense the whole game. Neither team really doing much. And we were down. And in the last minute, Virginia Tech pulls together a hail mary to get inside the the one, and then takes four plays to get in the end zone to win. And uh, I was in the student section. This was in the day before, like, smartphones were really good at letting you know what was going on. And so on that Hail Mary, we thought that we scored from our end. We were on the opposite end. So the the student section is going wild. And we get all separated. We're all jumping up and down. We're lifting up people, shooting, hooting and hollering. Everybody gets displaced. And it's not until, like, the third down at the goal line that everyone's like, wait a minute. Are we still – we didn't score? (laughs) <laughs> we didn't score four <laughs> plays ago, and everyone was trying to figure out what was going on. I had to go back and watch the the highlights on Sports Center to be like, "Oh, okay, we stepped out of bounds at the one." I had no idea, but that was memorable because uh, it was a huge comeback in the last second. And, and, nice uh, fan. Anytime the student section goes crazy and you forget where your seat was, and uh, you lose your best friends and you don't meet up again until later that night because y'all got separated during a celebration, that's a good time. Yeah, that sounds like a concert. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Like a, especially like an all day festival where it's just like, I'll see you when I see you, man. Pretty cars over here. (laughs) Yeah, and a little bit more to that story. One of my buddies was uh, a a student from Thailand, and uh, oh, you've told this before. Yeah, Yeah. and I was kind of responsible for him because he hadn't gone to a lot of games, and I was kind of you know showing around like this is what we do on third down. These are all the traditions. And he just, he gets to celebrate (laughs) and someone just picks him up and they just start crowd surfing him, man. And I lose him. And And I had to go find him. Yeah. I felt so bad, but he came back with a huge smile on his face. He was like, this is awesome. I was like, I'm so sorry you got abducted. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. But yeah, good question. What about you? You got a ton, I bet. I have a ton, really. Minnesota sports fan has a ton, huh? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That Pooh Richardson uh, probably had a lot of moments, huh? Pooh Richardson? Yeah, you really? like Pooh Richardson. You know, the only Timberwolves game I can remember, like, really being, like, super satisfying was Game 7 against uh, Sacramento in 2004, because that Sacramento team was legit. That was, like, Chris Webber, 
uh, Mike Bibby, Vladi Divac, like all those, like Doug Christie, all those guys. Uh, and that was the uh, Kevin Garnett, Sam Cassell, Latrell Sprewell, uh, Wally Zerbiak, Timberwolves. Um, it's a, I, that didn't even, that was just like, I was happy for KG at that point because it's like, that's a long time coming. But uh, for me personally, I'm one of those people where I can name the five worst Vikings losses, like bing, bang, boom, off the top of my head. (laughs) No problem. Whereas when it comes to like the five best wins, I seriously need to like sit and think and be like, all right, well, there's that regular season win. (laughs) There's that uh, week four win. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like there's nothing. There's not a whole lot to choose from. But I do remember, uh, there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, I'll do the the dumb one first uh, because this was uh, the Vikings in '98. Randy Moss rookie year. I, the, the, the Vikings were the coolest team in in the league, which has never happened before or since. <laughs> they they had Randall Cunningham at quarterback. They had Randy Moss. This like rookie sensation, six foot four guy who can run a four three forty. They had Chris Carter, the savvy veteran mm-hmm. who gets open. They had Jake Reed, Andrew Glover, Robert Smith, David Palmer. I mean, they had so much talent on offense, and uh, they steamrolled the the Packers on Monday Night Football. I, I want to say it was Week Five. Both teams were were four and zero. The Packers were defending Super Bowl champions. Now, they weren't defending Super Bowl champions. I think they had gone to the Super Bowl the uh, the year before. They were the NFC champions. Mm-hmm. But the Vikings just freaking kicked their ass on, on national TV. And what made that super satisfying is that uh, my boss at the time, you know, this is 1998. So I was working my first job at a, uh, a golf course. I was a golf course maintenance guy. You know, just mowing greens, mowing tees, mowing fairways, and mowing rough, and mowing grass. And uh, he, uh, my boss, was a Packers fan. Not only was he a Packers fan, but he was a Lambeau, you know, Packers stockholder. He was uh, a season ticket holder. He he went to games when he could. And, uh, yeah, he avoided me that whole day. And it was just awesome. Every anytime he <laughs> saw me, I I just heard the like of the golf cart like, <laughs> driving away. It was hilarious to me. Like I'll never forget that. That was awesome. But uh, now the 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 really great memory that I have, uh, I didn't witness this, but it's an it's still an experience where uh, the twins were in the World Series in '91. <clears throat> against the Braves and um the Braves were up uh this is 1991 so I would have been 9 years old and uh in 4th grade and uh the Twins were down 3 games to 2 but the series had shifted back up to the Metrodome and uh game I, I don't remember if the game was tied or if the Braves were up I think the game was tied and I had to go to bed Mom was not having it. She's like, school day tomorrow, get out of here, go to bed. I couldn't watch the rest of the game. So I'm anxious as hell. I I am just pins and needles. I do fall asleep. When I wake up, I run downstairs. 
I see the newspaper because my dad is a big newspaper guy. He goes, he gets the newspaper to this day. He goes and gets the newspaper at like four thirty a.m. Every it sounds morning. like my dad. My dad would go out in his underwear, which is weird. We live, yeah, in yeah, just my, brazen. My, yeah, <laughs> my dad too. My dad would do that in like minus ten degree right? weather. What is it? With but dads? Uh, <laughs> but uh, I I'll never forget seeing that front page, and it's Kirby doing a fist pump. Kirby Puckett doing a fist pump. And I'm like, of course they did. Of course they won. My first feeling, I was like, oh, yeah, of course they won. It's Kirby Puckett. It's 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 the twins. It's the Metrodome. Why wouldn't <laughs> they win? That's that's how this works. Like, yeah, uh, that's, that's no problem. Game seven coming up on, uh, I forget if it was like Thursday or Saturday coming up, but damn, I'll, I'll never forget that. Like running down the stairs and like looking at the newspaper and like there's Kirby with the big fist pump on the on the front page it's like yeah of course uh, why why would i ever doubt that that's it's kirby bucket it's the twins they yeah. they don't lose in the world series that's that's the way this works man it's a good thing that uh well it it's it sucks that you had to go to bed i mean that would be that would bum me out i, I mean that game was really ten- and then game 7 uh after that was <laughs> To call that tense would be an understatement. It was really like you, sweat was coming out of your eyes, basically, <laughs> like coming out of your tongue. It was so bad. Like it was just every pitch was just like every pitch was like this could be it. Right. This could be the it, end of the game. This could be like the end of the season. Right? It, the, uh, the game was 0-0 to the 10th inning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Jack Morris, John Smoltz. That's a greatest that's, game ever played. Yeah, that's a hell of a finale. My gosh, my man Mark Lemke on the Braves there. Members <laughs> Mark Lemke still hate that guy. What a stud! What a what stud. A, no, he's a shrimpy second baseman. Oh come on, Mark. <laughs> Get Lemke. out of here. I like Mark Lemke because he looked like on off Saturdays when he wasn't playing baseball, he had his own booth at the flea market. He always had that look about him. <laughs> Just little trinkets. He looked like a fly fisher. It looked like he'd be like on the river, you know, like casting this long ass reel. Yeah. <sighs> he is a dork, but uh, memorable. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, 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 Mark Lemke's a great name. It is memorable. Uh, well, he has. Uh, he says at the end here of Travis's email, he says, "And if you absolutely need a video game question, I guess like what's your favorite button of all time? Thanks for your time." <laughs> It's who day, et cetera. Love Travis Wolf. Travis, again, great first name. And I'm going to say great last name. Wolf? You kidding me? It's a great. Uh, got a favorite. I don't think he's kidding you. I don't know. Travis Wolf? That's a pretty sweet name. Oh, he's not kidding you. No, I don't think so. What's your favorite button? Uh, the Y button on the Super Nintendo controller. It's got, it's got, it's that, got that concave action. Mm. Give me that. Like that one? Yeah. I don't know. What's huh. your favorite button? Man, I was just thinking. Uh huh. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe the the <laughs> the A button on a on a Genesis <laughs> controller is just so big. It's just right there. Just wow. It's right there. It's big. It's A. It's got A on it. Trav the size queen. Over I like here. A, I like them big. I like a big button. <laughs> I don't know. It's a fun question, though. It's something you never... Like, what, how do you answer that? So what, my favorite button. <laughs> no. You know, it makes me think of that Ren and Stimpy episode where <laughs> Stimpy can't 
push the red button and he really wants to because it's just this big red button that he wants to push and he can't can't do it Uh, i'm not sure what my second place button would be maybe the a button just because it helps scroll uh text on rpgs most of the time anyway see that would have been a very like almost upsetting question of like what's your third favorite button because you're like damn i don't even know if i got two other favorite (laughs) buttons my third favorite button god dang probably the z button on the n64 controller it's because it's back there and you're like damn there's another button back there that's sweet (laughs) (laughs) they put buttons all over this thing didn't they it looks like you're playing with somebody's foot you know you know shout out to the z button on the n64 controller as much shit as i give the n64 controller which is mm-hmm. a piece of shit, by the way. I hate the N64 controller. Oh, why? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, I get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Do we have to go over that over again? But uh, <laughs> the trigger on the back, the Z button. Yeah, that's what sweet. I was talking of. Yeah, I like that yeah, button. Good stuff. Yeah, it's a good button. I didn't know it was back there for a long time. I'm like, what's going on back here? <laughs> Pretty cool. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks, everyone, for the emails. You guys are the best. Yeah, keep sending them. S- send more stuff. More stuff about food. More stuff about improvement patches. More stuff about Travis's, you know, various Travis's throughout <laughs> yeah. the world. We have a lot know, of Alex's Travis that Wolf's. write in as well. So, I mean. Yeah, Alex's, uh, uh, Alex's that, that you know in your life. Wolves that you know. If right. You're, if you're mil- familiar with wolves. And we're have, cool. we have a bit of a dearth of emails from uh, the Rob group we had a lot of robs there for a minute and now they yeah I don't know. those fell off yeah come on robs get it together but all yeah. right that's been another drunk friend podcast and hey guess what you can reach out to us with more questions or comments at uh, drunk podcast at gmail.com and we'll respond or read them here eventually and also be sure to head on over to polymedianetwork.com we got other podcasts over there guys we got that tales of lesser medium we got that pd's power hour we got that polykill she just did a live episode the other week, and it was great. It was a lot of fun, so we'll check all that out. And uh, IndieQuest, if you like indie video games. And if you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice. That'll help us out big time. And hey, you can rate on Spotify right now. Right now. You can find us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. And Alex, of course, he's going to be at SNES Drunk. I am? Oh, I am. And as always, the music you heard at the beginning and you can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor. The track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to that one guy, Josh Leslie, for that one thirst quenching logo that you might be seeing right now. Yeah, maybe you've seen it. Be sure to catch us all on YouTube. And thanks for listening. All right. We hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers.